Welcome to We Gotta Talk, a live weekly talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. From health to relationships to alternative lifestyles and more, the one thing you will always get is a deep dive. I'm Sunny, a 15-year veteran of TV news, freelance writer, blogger, mom of three, and wife. But most of all, I'm just a die-hard oversharer, someone who's genuinely curious about, well, everything around me. And I can't wait for you to join in on these conversations that I promise will impact, inspire, and entertain you. Now, let's talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this post-election day special show. We got to talk with Sunny. I'm so grateful you're here today. And we are going to get both objective and personal in today's episode because we are currently happening. Uh, I'm sorry, monitoring election results still. It's 10 o'clock. So if you're watching this live on Facebook, you know what time it is. But if you're listening to the podcast, this will obviously be a little bit delayed. We technically don't know who our next president is yet. But boy, oh boy, there has been a ton of drama. So before we bring on the more personal topic of today, which is how to deal with um, opposing political party relationships and my experience in that situation. Hey, Brie, I see Brie here. Um, I want to get into just a quick wrap of what's been happening happening on the election side of things. So bear with me because we have some notes here and we are hearkening back to my TV news days. So as of now, we do not have any official results in for several swing states, including Pennsylvania, my home county of Allegheny County, where Pittsburgh is. Um, still counting as well as other parts of the state that are expected to really, really swing the results here. A lot of people talking today about Trump's victory speech. Some are critical of it, saying um, he declared victory when he should not, in fact, have done that. Other people, of course, his supporters, glad he is showing some verve and some um, determination on getting to the bottom of what he perceives to be happening with the vote, especially in Pennsylvania. Biden also, we heard from him last night, he was a little less um, decisive and Pretty much just said he remains optimistic and feels good about where they are. A little less decisive of a speech than Trump last night. But the bottom line is we still don't know where we stand when it comes to the election. I want to bring on my producer, producer Rachel. I accidentally um, hit the button. So I, <laughs> I was looking at my notes. Rachel, I should mention this because um, Rachel was, was my producer for years in TV news. So we were, we were getting ready and I was like, oh, my God, I feel like we're like back on set with like my stack of papers. Seriously. In, in Florida, it was always bonkers. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, we did an election together, a presidential election year. We did. What year would that have been? That would have been 2012. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That because was crazy. I left just before, I left in October of 2016. So, I left just before the election in 2016. And it's it's literally been four years of just craziness. So I'm going to back on this. We were, we were talking about this yesterday. Rachel and I were like, okay, how do we best talk about election from a, we got to talk perspective, right? Mm -hmm. From a, um, a less objective, more um, emotional or personal experience. Because here's the thing with elections. They're not just about who ends up becoming our president. They're the source of uh, strong bonding in our relationships, strong conflict in our communities, in our relationships, in our friendships. And if you've been anywhere near social media lately, you've seen people like duking it out about who they support and why. And so I was talking to Rachel and I was like, you know, we could 
because we're, we're not going to go the analytical kind of traditional news route, why don't we talk about something that I wanted to talk about for a long time, but have been a little bit hesitant, which is being in a mixed political relationship in radio. Yes. And then I started to immediately like nerve sweat everywhere. I was like, no, I don't want to. I'm so nervous. Um, so and then I was like, you can do it. And I pushed you over the ledge. <laughs> Like, I mean, you know, the bottom line is really it's important for me to get to know you guys on on a personal level, too. And I am so trained from years in news to remain objective, which I am um, on every topic. But I do think it's appropriate sometimes to bring in things in your own life that reflect what other people are also going through without making it the me, me, me show. You know, this is never going to be a show where it's like, oh, my God, these are my thoughts. And I think you need to believe exactly what I believe. And it's it's not going to be a soapbox kind of show. But I do really feel like lots of people are in this position. So I'm going to try to, like, be specific. But, um, you know, I had to get my husband's permission to talk about this because, I don't like to talk about things that involve other people unless I do that. I feel like it's respectful in this medium to, especially to people who are the most important to you in the world to, um, you know, give them a heads up. Um, I'm half of this relationship. He's the other half. So anyway, without getting too specific, yeah, we are in, um, we're in different camps. Okay. So we're in Florida, which is a, um, a politically divided state to begin with. We are always a swing state. We are always coming down to the wire with big elections. And um, when we have this type of political discourse, especially leading up to a big election like this, I feel like, Rach, we finally we finally mastered how we communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I guess I guess I want to kind of take it from an advice and an opinion perspective. To well, be- yeah. I think you've got to fill in the audience a little bit on like, you know, when you first met, you know, how were were you guys? So you are more Democrat leaning and he is more Republican leaning. Right. right. So tell us, you know, what were the conversations like early on and how did you get to this place of being able to respect one another and live under the same house in a happy marriage? Oh God. Well, um, We got there in the beginning. I think there was lots of, there were a lot of heated debates. There were a lot of, I mean, I I was a person who was raised to not, we didn't really overtly talk about politics in the house. There were a set of standards and sort of um, rules that I saw my family live by. And I never asked them even, mom and dad, what do you align with politically? So I came to my political beliefs on my own um, through years of, of working, interacting with people who are, different than me, Um, people who are similar to me and finding where I really landed on the spectrum. And when we first started dating and we would have these conversations, I mean, the funny part is we align morally on pretty much everything, but we, we identify differently. And I feel like that's the case with a lot of these relationships. And when I hear people talk about things like you know, I can't be friends with her or him because I just like, I I can't believe they would vote for X, Y, or Z. I feel like we're really selling people's entire selves short when we just look at them as, you know, a a ballot, right? Like where they, where they kind of filled in the mark on the ballot. And that's, yeah, gets me, you know, these days where we tend to surround ourselves with people who agree with us. And I personally don't like to do that. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's really hard to just go off of what somebody posts on Facebook, like a one-off comment. I think it's more important if this is an important person in your life, i.e. a husband or a really good friend or a family member, if you are able to have a conversation with them face-to-face, 
not on Facebook, where you're already in a hot button uh, environment where people are really looking for an argument oftentimes. Some people are just looking to share information, but that's not usually the case. So picking and choosing the important people in your life to sit down and say, hey, I want to have an open conversation with you to understand you and your perspective if you're willing to understand me and my perspective. Because some of the things you've posted or that you talk about, um, I would like more information on because <laughs> it doesn't sit well with me or whatever, but you can't do that with everybody. Like there are definitely people in my life and in fa extended family members that I wouldn't even dare because they're so closed off right. and they are right and I am wrong and they <clears throat> need to make me wrong for them to be right. That's what drives me crazy. It's and not that's not what it's about. It's that not does it's not a binary thing we have here, you know, in relationships and in the world. Unfortunately, our political system necessitates that we have to choose a party because we have a two party system at the moment. That's a really that's my goal. Even being scared to come out and say that I love someone whose political beliefs I don't entirely align with all the time. I mean, people are aghast, like, you know, how do you connect with this person? How do you see, you know, how do you see yourself and your beliefs reflected? But I really stand by the point that, and this could be the Libra in me, I'm also a person who tends to want to know both sides, every side of every story all the time. So I'm not the type of person who goes into a friendship or relationship ever thinking, I know best, my way is better. I think it's boring to some people because people really love decisiveness. People really love when you tell them who you are right off the bat, because it's, it's a little more interesting and exciting in life, right? When you know, when you have all the answers, my personality just does not, I, I just, it just does not bear out like that for me. And so in the beginning, when we would have these discussions, um, I, I have to say that there was a little bit of sort of, uh, what do I want to say? Grace and respect immediately, because I approach situations first with a listening ear before I open my mouth, but I'm not going to, there were literal knockdown drag outs about, I can't believe you support this person or by virtue of you voting on that ticket, end up supporting something inadvertently that they've said or done in the path that I don't agree with. So I, it really was, it has been dicey. And even today, you know, I said, we're, we are at the point, we're 10 years in of marriage, almost 10 years, nine and a half. And oh gosh, 11 years of, 11 and a half years of dating. So we've had a lot of practice. It's just like a therapist tells you in, in, whether you're an individual or couples therapy, you really lay out the boundaries of how you're comfortable discussing a subject and say, okay, we're going to go into this heated discussion. I know we're not going to agree on everything. What I'm asking of you is ABC. So I said to him, listen, we're in this situation this morning. We don't know who's going to win, but at the end of the day, all I ask of you is respect, uh, you know, no joke. He's a big, like, you know, jokester and everything is, is, you know, there's just, there's a ton of banter and, and jokes in our house all the time. And I said, you could joke all you want. All I want from you is the respect to understand that one of us is going to be disappointed and we have to be supportive of each other's emotional feelings in that process. I don't want you coming home and, you know, laying down on my candidate and I won't do the same to you too. But I know that's not instinctive for a lot of people. I think people see, I think people see the name Trump and they just immediately go into convulsions. I don't think that's 
productive either. That's just, you don't get anywhere when you have such a visceral reaction that you can't even logically discuss. Can you tell, are you comfortable sharing your beliefs or no? Yeah, for sure. I will. And I, I will say this, that uh, I think taking an approach to, you know, setting some boundaries like you've done with your husband of like, please just like, you know, I'm not going to dig at you if you don't dig at me, because this is an important political elections are important. This is not a sporting event when your football team loses against somebody else and you can, you know, make fun. If you're, if you have that relationship with your friend or partner, great, um, then go for it. But, you know, there's a lot of lives and humanity and laws and different things at stake in people's livelihoods. So, you know, it's, it's good to approach it with some healthy boundaries uh, for, for you guys to survive. Me politically, I would say I fall into a moderate category. Mm. I really don't. And I know a lot of people are like, how could you even be a moderate? You have to pick a side. What's wrong with you? I just, there's a lot of things from like the financial side I agree with of the Republicans. There's a lot of the liberal aspects of of the Democratic side that I believe in. And I really just... I don't identify strong enough with either side, which makes it really difficult and made it really difficult for me to make a decision on a lot of the ballot measures and the candidates because some of them are so strongly one way and the other and it doesn't they don't balance each other out. So it was hard for me to make a lot of decisions on my ballot going, okay, well, yeah, I want civil rights and I want people to be treated fairly and have all these opportunities, but at the expense of what? And when is this really a government's decision? And when is this not? And, you know, it's a, it's hard. And I think as long as people take the time to research, which I did and look at all the measures, look at the impacts across the board of how they will affect um, the state and the country, then that's all I can do, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I really lament the fact that independents can't vote in primaries. And I know at least yeah. you feel that, that was a measure on the ballot to allow non-affiliated voters to vote in primaries. And I hope that's the case because the same as you, like, I, you know, gun to head, of course I have to pick a side, but you, you, you're not, a, this is my whole issue. You're not allowed to exist in this country anymore as a moderate. You have to be mm-hmm. completely left or completely right. And anytime you're anywhere in between, you don't get any play. People, like I said, it's not sexy. People don't want to. People don't want to hear you parse issues. They want to know: Are you on my team or not? Because if not, I'm already primed. I want to fight you, and I want to tell you why I'm right. And boom, 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 boom. And it just, it, it really gets my goat. And I have, just like everybody else, the opportunity now to watch so many different um, news sources and find so many different opinions that. It falls on me as a responsible voter in America now to look at things that reflect one side and look at things that reflect the other side. And I, if you're not doing that, you are living in an echo chamber and you need to pull yourself out. I, I just don't believe that we should live in constant validation of our own beliefs. Now, there are some things that are objectively right and wrong that I will stand by that I consider very black and white issues. I'm not going to get into that because... Um, it'll spiral off into its own. There are some civil rights related things that I think are black and white, black and white. And there are some things that fall along the sort of moral and ethical lines um, when they're 
you know, being voted on that I am very black and white on. But that being said, how boring of an existence would it be to completely live in a bubble where only you are validated? And and it's it's troublesome to me that that's the state of things right now, that social media, while wonderful in ways, provides us with this opportunity to just get sucked into the vortex of our own beliefs. And that really, really troubles me. Oh, it should be troubling because this whole, there was a whole perspective I read yesterday that not a single one of us, our social media feed is the same. Mm-hmm. Everybody is so hyper tailored and specific to each person that my feed doesn't even look anything like your feed. Mm-hmm. And it's completely different. So you're seeing so many different perspectives than I ever could. And that's why it is so important, like you said, to be able to go and look at Fox News and CNN and hear how both sides are thinking in order for you to form your own opinion. Right. And- live in that silo. That's not democracy. Democracy is not everybody agreeing. Democracy is saying, I agree with this and I agree with this and we're going to battle it out um, because that's what we get to do. We all get to decide and the votes happen. And when has this country ever fully agreed? Right. They don't. When is any country ever fully agreed on things? You know, that's not how it works. And like you said, how boring would that be? Yeah. And it's not it, it doesn't it doesn't allow for the existence of the political d- debate and discussion that yes. we need to keep our democracy thriving. Right. We get right. to one side of things and we're come, we become too nationalistic, too socialistic. I mean, like we need to continue to be in the middle. It, it's just it's really crazy, though, scrolling through. You brought up Facebook, scrolling through my feed, how many people think they, you know, they they got this and they know and they're the only way. I mean, it, to me. Actually, I think being in this relationship with my husband is probably the first time that I have ever, obviously, on a long-term basis, continued to discuss politics with someone. And he's one of the few people that, you know, meaningfully challenged some of my beliefs and allowed me to see, even if I didn't land where he lands. That's the other thing here. You could you can agree on so many things, but the issue that brings you to the ballot may be different. So while I may hear out my, my partner or my friends and understand where they fall on the spectrum of any given issue, whether it be, you know, something with, with, with taxes or I don't know, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the issue that brings me to the polls. And I think that's another important thing for people to consider is, okay, my partner and I, we're allowed to align morally and identify differently. I mean, I'm here to tell you, and I'm not a relationship expert. Don't, ever put me in that category. I'm an expert in my relationship and how I choose to communicate with my partner. But I just want really wanted to bring this up as a reminder that you can live and with and love someone who aligns with you in all the big ways, but maybe makes a different decision at the end of the day. And you know what? If you use it as an opportunity to understand we maybe try to pull them over to your side too. You never know. <laughs> but you know, you use it as an opportunity to grow. I feel that, that that's a relationship that I value. But I can hear people right now saying, you know, that would never work for me. The priority in my relationship is to feel emotionally secure and know that we line up. But and I understand that it's just not what it's just not what works for me. So I, I mean. Really, we were were discussing a way to really sort of humanize this election. And I feel like this conversation is playing out or this situation rather is playing out in so many relationships right now that it was really valuable to bring up. So, oh, yeah, I think it's important for people to hear from you, Sunny, and your personal experience and the irony of 
you le- are a Democrat and you worked at Fox at a Fox affiliate. I'm like totally out of it now. I am, yeah, you know, I, I, mean, I can say that now, right? <laughs> say it. It feels whew, the nervous sweats are coming. Right. I mean, it's okay. That happens because your your job, a job is a job to you. And you were able to separate your personal beliefs, which back in the day when journalism was really journalism and you had to write stories that were unbiased and just delivered the facts. I mean, you you were not allowed to let any sort of democratic news story go in just because of the way that everybody's playing to their audience, whether it is a politician or it is news or it is just you with your friends. You want to play to your audience because you want to be validated in your thoughts and opinions. But there are different places to get that validation that don't always have to align and not you don't have to agree. You don't have to make it nice. You know, as Dorinda Medley from the Real Housewives <laughs> of New York says, you, she makes it nice. But you know what? It yeah. does, it's not always nice. And Life I, is messy. Yes. And it's supposed to be. And I can't tell you how many times that I've interviewed Republican presidential candidates, vice presidential candidates, state lawmakers. I mean, all the way down to the local level where I thought I said, you know what? I actually kind of agree with that point or this or that. I mean, the beauty in in discourse is allowing yourself to open up to the fact that you are not always right. We're not always right. You know, like I said, we, we unfortunately right now have to pick a party to be aligned with to vote. And that's OK. I mean, I wish we could be registered independents and participate as fully in the process. I personally align with that. But you know what? If I have to choose, that is what I chose. And you're right. Like, I, I think you can probably look back at my career and there was no inkling of, um, you know, a leaning toward. But it really is. Our society is now what our Facebook feed is, right? You said we all get different things. We operate day to day as if we're living our own Facebook feed. We surround ourselves with like-minded people. We surround ourselves with people who tell us we're doing the right thing. And we surround ourselves with people who say, if you look at that other person who disagrees with you, you are a total whack job and you're a racist and you're a bigot and you're, I just happen to think that's not the case. You know, that being said, you know, I, I, it's weird. I have this skill that I can now hear immediate criticism of everything that comes out of my mouth because when you work for 15 years in TV news and you hear feedback, I'm already thinking of what all the critics are saying out there, which is there are issues that are black and white wrong. Again, I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that I am approaching this conversation from a place of privilege, which again is a discussion for another podcast. But you, you know, I'm operating from the perspective of someone who's also educated herself as much as possible on the the situation of privilege that I find myself in, and I land independently where I land. Like you said, Rachel, as a result of researching every single thing, I get the mail-in ballot because I am the nerd that goes onto Google. I look, I look at Ballotpedia. I look at where they stand on every issue, and it takes me a solid forty-five minutes to fill out my ballot. I, I voted in almost every local election. I missed two since I was eighteen, and that's from living in Pittsburgh and a swing, the swing state of Pennsylvania all the way through now when I live in Florida, another swing state where I have always known that my vote counts. And credit to my parents who really, really beat it into our heads. You have the right and the privilege of voting, so you make that a priority to make your voice heard. And never once did they say, this is another troubling thing to be as parents um, 
telling their kids how to vote. I think we owe our children the responsibility of educating them on the issues that matter to them. I think we do have to talk to our kids about race relations and why one candidate might be better than another for this issue. I do think we talk to kids about morally kind, morally based issues like that. But beyond a very sort of broad brushstroke discussion, to me, I would never hear from my parents, nor would I ever tell my own children, you must vote this way or else you are not blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, you know, that's that's just my take on it. Parenthood sort of presents a whole separate set of challenges when it comes to this time of year too, because you really have to be deliberate unless you're you're trying to, from a young age, have your children understand one point of view. Like I personally try to keep those conversations to adult only kind of discussions, but I know that's not the case for every family and I respect that too. But anyway, I don't know. I, I just really, really, I'm, I'm really wanted to drive home the point that you can exist in this world as a moderate. Like, hello, happy relationship. We are fine. 11 and a half years of not necessarily patting each other on the back after every political And it's okay. Yeah, it is okay. It's okay to not agree on everything. It's okay to still be friends with somebody that you don't agree with on political issues. If they are <clears throat> a good person and good to you and you guys have your own understanding, it's, it's all about communication really at the end of the day and informing yourself and being able to approach people who are different from you with an open mind, which is really hard to do today based on just the differences that we are faced with just from the minute we pick up our phone and all of the emails and social media feeds that we get are so different. Um, however, I will give our country some props. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a fact at, at you. <laughs> okay. okay. There are 239.2 million Americans eligible to vote this year, according to U.S. Elections Project, and about 159.8 million Americans did vote this year, and that's about 66.8% turnout among eligible citizens, which is the highest since 1900. What? A hundred and twenty effing years. I mean, it, it to me, it shouldn't be this like dumpster fire of 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 an election for to get people out. Like, come on, we had a hundred and twenty years to care in the meantime, and maybe we wouldn't be at this spot where we're so opposite right now. But that's good. Round of applause for Americans. But could you? I was just so floored at the fact that it is the highest. Yeah, it's awesome. Since. 1900 when like what there was less people there How were vote then was it like was it like a scroll like a feather in a scroll i don't know i, don't know. <laughs> I mean it, it was it's just fascinating and i think this is something we need to keep up and i hope that people are realizing just how much their vote does matter right. and how good it feels. Honestly, to me, it feels good because this is our one right. Like you said, Sonny, you voted as soon as you could since you were 18, as have I, not in all local elections, but um, all the all the major ones in the general elections. But this is a great feeling when you at least get to say, damn it, I 
stand here on this measure and I stand uh -huh. here with this candidate and here with this judge. And I've at least expressed how I feel and my beliefs, whether they are validated by the population of my state or my country is shouldn't it, it it's not as strong of an importance to me as me knowing I can sleep easy. I've done my research. I've <clears throat> made my selections and that's all I can do. And if I feel more like I need more, I need more validation. I feel even stronger. Well, then I should run for office. Right. I should be campaigning. I should be phone banking. You know, there's a lot, a lot of ways for people to get involved who feel very strongly about politics and elections and these choices. There are so many easy ways to do this now from home, especially. So I say exercise all those rights. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you don't, they say you don't have the right to complain if you don't participate. Um, there are nuanced parts of that discussion too, accessibility to polls and how people's votes are counted and, um, you know, whether felons, former felons should be like, I mean, there, there are intricacies to that discussion, but if you are able, if you can physically get yourself um, to, an, a, to a polling place, get a mail-in ballot where you are. I mean, this election, if nothing else, should provide the perfect sort of inspiration for you to continue to be an active participant and really go out there and talk to someone who doesn't agree with you. You can do it without um, the expectation of this big blowout. And, and, and it's, it's just, it shouldn't be like that. In fact, I'm thinking now the early voting polling place that was open as I was dropping the kids off at school for the past, I don't know, month or a few weeks, um, I would go past and wave at my people with a sign. And then I would also like give a little hello to the people on the opposing team too. Just, you know, felt like the right thing to do. Meanwhile, there are people who are like really like ready to plow into a group of people that they don't agree with holding the sign for the opposing candidate. But it's a time for civility. It really is. And, it, you know, like Rachel said, let your action and let your participation, even outside of the voting process, be your voice. When you feel passionate about something, it's great to be inspired, but use it to inspire action. And you never know, you could end up bringing someone over to your to your set of beliefs that you never expected to. I know that, you know, I've, I've learned or sort of started to look at things from a perspective very different. Um, you know, whether or not it actually translated into a switched vote, um, it, it made me a more whole participant in our democracy. And um, yeah, I just really, you know, really encourage people to remain kind, um, remain inspired. Uh, you know, if, if you're called to support your candidate or your beliefs in a way that goes beyond just voting, like you said, activism or anything, then, then you have the right to do that too. But the other side is not, the enemy, not usually, unless they're like blatantly, horribly criminal or racist, then they're the enemy. <laughs> but otherwise, the most of us Americans fall in the in under the umbrella of like generally nice people, you know. And um, I have found that it's lack of exposure differences that have really allowed us to cement too firmly in some of our beliefs. So let's open that up. Let's be kind. Let's be flexible, and let's see what happens with this election. Because man, it's it's far from over at this point, at least as we're doing this live on Facebook. So I'll be curious to see what happens over the next couple of hours. Yes. Differences are good in most cases. And, <laughs> you know, you, if your neighbor, let's say, let's just say hypothetically in your case, Sonny, right? Let's you're a Democrat. Let's just say your neighbor is a staunch Republican and your house catches on fire aren't you going to hope and pray that your neighbor comes out with a hose 
and help save your house regardless of his political affiliation. Yes, of course. Right? So, you know, there's a time and a place to put differences aside and to treat people with respect regardless and um, pointing fingers and blaming people and saying you're wrong. Um, how could you think this? You know, it, it's just about keeping an open mind in everything. Right. That's not just in political conversations. That's in everything from marriage belief, people with children, people who don't want to have children, um, sexual orientation, all of these things. Um, mm -hmm. Just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's dangerous or the enemy to you and your beliefs. Um, it's only an enemy to you because you don't have enough information to make an informed decision. Right. Oh, that's so true. God, I feel like that speaks to the whole like civil rights side of the ballot things when you have things like marriage equality and um, LGBTQ plus rights. I mean, that to me, that was a micro like the perfect example of like get to know people that aren't like you. The world is not all like you. And that's OK. You're not always right. I'm not always right. But gosh, I heard you say that. And I'm like, that to me is a clear um indication that this needs to be like part of the process all year long right we need to be looking to make ourselves better and learn from people different than us and unfortunately that includes politically too for people who are just like well yes of course i'm supportive of all these rights issues well guess what you can't be a true liberal or you can't be a true progressive if you can't sit down and have a conversation with with a republican without breaking out in the old body sweat and wanting to throw a can across the room like guess what openness of mind and openness of, of self and opinion is political too. So, you know, I would encourage anyone on my side of the aisle who is uh, really quick to criticize someone who doesn't, you know, categorically fall under the same, um, you know, list of priorities as them, it, it applies politically too. I don't think you get to call yourself progressive in any way if you can't at least listen and have a, uh, a productive discussion with someone that doesn't agree. So anyway. Yeah. Listen, know. it takes all kinds to make this world go around, right? Like- I mean, my kind is a little right, a little right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Everybody knows that. I um, mean, look, there are jobs, like we could take it to as simple as like job careers, right? Like right. I don't want to be a firewoman. I could be a firewoman, but like, I, that scares me. I don't, I'm afraid of fire. Like I'm so thankful that there are other people not like me who aren't afraid of fire that are willing to run into a burning building on my behalf. Mm. I'm grateful for that. I don't look at that as a negative or uh, a bad thing. Now that might be a simplified perspective and, and example, but I mean, it, you can boil everything down in your life of who you are to those kinds of decisions. So like, thank God there are people different than me. That's how you learn from other people. If you want to learn and grow as a human on this planet in this lifetime of your experience. Um, and I'm glad there are people different than me. Like, I'm glad there's people who like to fish because I like to eat fish, but I don't want to be stuck out in a boat like Deadliest Catch trying to save my life attached to a goddamn boat. <laughs> oh my God, I would be terrified. But like, thank God they love that because yeah. I love my Atlantic salmon. Yeah, <laughs> Rachel, I love it. It's the perfect consumer's perspective on this discussion. There you go. <laughs> I mean, if you take it out of the political context and put it into another context that people can understand and relate to, uh, yeah, obviously they're different. But if you could do that, um, you know, 
there there's pluses and minuses to everything. That's okay. that's all I have to say about that. I, Give me my salmon. I agree. I agree. And you know what? I, I'm willing to bet that this discussion, which falls squarely under the reasonable and moderate category, probably won't get as much, you know, fire no. and, and support as those that come from people who are very, very staunchly planted on their own side of the aisle. But at the end of the day, you have to say that's that person's loss for having not open themselves up to understanding the yeah. other of things. And you are who you are, Sunny, and I am who I am. You know, I, I do think um, I had a reading with um, an astrologer. I know the eye rolls are just <laughs> right now. It's the medium. It's the astrologer. I'm looking for answers in the other in the other dimensions, people. Okay, but anyway, we talked about I, the Libra side of me, and I really I have always been a person interested in both sides of an argument. So I know that that's not the case with everyone, and there are people who are driven by passion who who firmly stay in their lanes their whole lives to make great changes in this world, and I think that's important too. What I what I can tell you though, as the person who brings my own set of, of, of gifts to the table in this world right now is that it's okay to listen. It's okay to hear the other side. And you can, in fact, have a successful friendship and relationship with someone who doesn't agree with you all the time. And I just really, I think it's an important message to get out there because there are people abandoning lifelong friendships over politics. It is bonkers to me. There are people, and, and again, if this comes down to an issue that is one of those black and white issues, I get it. Um, but but I think most of us live somewhere in the middle. And um, maybe we needed this reminder that it's OK to it's OK to not be out there all the time thinking that we all have the right answers. So I don't know. I'm just saying a prayer, sending good, good vibes out to the universe right now for our country because things are crazy right now. So I guess we'll see. This is going to, this, this uh, podcast is going to come out later today. So I guess it'll be accurate for the next, I don't know, four hours. And then beyond that, if you're listening, you already know who's our new president. So um, Godspeed, no matter what, right, Rach? Yeah. Okay. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. I see you in my bottom screen there. Of course. <laughs> and guys, we are just all about the conversations here. So I know we opened a can of worms today and listen, we want to hear your side of things. I want to know if you're in a friendship or a relationship where you have uh, not precisely and exactly aligned with your partner. Tell me about it. Send me a message on my Facebook page. Also, you can send me a message on Instagram. We got to talk with Sunny or Sunny about it. That's my other Instagram name. I would love to hear your thoughts on this because I think as, as a country moving forward, we are, um, we are needing to move more in the direction of, of unity and understanding. So hopefully this will be inspiration to some people to um, approach these issues with a softer touch. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, I remind you, please do leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts in particular. That helps to get this out to people who may enjoy it, find it useful. And um, I just genuinely appreciate it when you do that. We will see you next week with more good stuff. We have live guests coming back. So when the world is more in order in another week or so, uh, we'll have much more juicy things to talk about. Thank you again for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. I will see you guys next week.